I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by the chief executive of Kicker, Ian Henderson. Kicker recently published their AML Bank Finds 2020 report. 28 financial institutions issued fines for AML-related violations in 2020. This is a problem that doesn't seem to be going away. You would think that institutions would know better. It's, it's certainly not a problem that's going away. And there are a couple of things to bear in mind. The, the first is that these fines will relate to, I guess, some of the sins of the past, because it takes time for these things to A, be uncovered, B, for the diligence to pass between the regulator and the individual bank, and then for penalties to be applied and then announced. So most of these are the, relate to the ills of the past. Having said that, your observation is absolutely fair because what's happening is that, I guess, new new regulations are being introduced all the time to try and keep ahead of the money launderers and the terrorists who are being financed. And that means that the banks have always got a difficult job to try and keep pace with the scale of regulation and the international coverage with what they need to do in different jurisdictions. That's kind of depressing. Does it mean as we see the take up of new ways of banking, new ways of managing finance, there are going to obviously be new ways of laundering money as well? Is it always going to be a game of catch up? I think there's always going to be a game of catch up. I guess bad actors uh, will always be there, unfortunately. And I guess increasingly the bad actors are quite smart uh, and they're using technology to to try and find either gaps, loopholes, uh, or cracks in the armory. So the the banks will always be on the defensive, but they're doing a pretty decent job in terms of, you know, closing uh, those opportunities. So in some respects, it's it's always going to be a game of catch-up, but I think the banks are much stronger now than they were a couple of years back. All right. So I accept your point that what we're seeing in terms of the fines being handed out last year are historical in nature. But what conclusions can we draw from what you found? Yeah, there's a, there's a fundamental change. Most, most of the, the, the penalties that have been imposed over the last few years have been for, I guess, discrepancies and poor onboarding. So at the time of customer take-on, the banks were found to be wanting. That was the original set of sins. Uh, what's now happening is that most of those uh, challenges have been met by the banks. So they're, they're very, very good, I would say, nowadays at client onboarding. They know, they know the questions to ask. They know the information to obtain and ascertain. The bigger challenge now, though, is keeping that information up to date. And I think the next generation of penalties will be for not keeping client records as up to date as they should be. And the reason I make that point is that most organizations risk rate their customers. They'll rate them high risk, low risk, or medium risk. So high risk customers, by dint of what they do, either the nature of the business, where they do it, who the principals, shareholders, and directors are, might prompt an organization to flag those as high risk they will be the information pertaining to those will be updated on a regular basis if the customer though is deemed to be medium or low risk then they will apply a risk-based approach which means they will review that information every three four or five years and the regulators are coming to the conclusion that you can't possibly know your customer if the last time you reviewed the directors the shareholders where they were based the nature of the business was three or four years ago so the new pressure in organizations is what's called perpetual KY keeping that information up to date on an ongoing basis. Well, this is where technology can step in to lend a hand with the likes of robotic processing and machine learning and artificial intelligence. It's going to be much, first of all, it's going to be much easier for banks to weed out potential risk and also to see where things might be going. 
100%. But your point is that technology's got a role to play? Absolutely, is point number one. Point number two, the, the whole notion of what's increasingly called digital transformation is pointing organisations to the fact that, I guess, tried and proven AML, accounting, terrorist finance and fraud prevention was always about a mix of mind and machine, a human interface supported by technology. And I would say the recent world has probably been 25% machine and 75% human being, I think we're on the cusp of that almost flipping 180 degrees and that a go-forward position will be driven by 75% automation and 25%, the, 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 I guess, the human smarts overlaying that. When we look at how banks are implementing this, obviously there's a certain regulatory push towards compliance. Do you see any institutions actually doing more than the bare minimum? Oh, I think many are doing more than the bare minimum. I would probably contend that most who are doing more than the bare minimum are those who have been punished, people who have had the high-profile penalties in the past. These are the ones that have definitely learned their lessons and do not wish to be in that position because it's not just simply the financial quantum of the penalty. It's the remediation, the work that's required. It's the reputational damage that happens as a consequence. It's the customer friction that's generated on the back of tightening up internal Mm -hmm. processes. So I would say that that over time, a number of organisations are setting their own high bar, which might well be in excess of what the regulators are insisting on currently. There's no harm in making it clear, both externally and internally. And I think one of the things that, that we need to stress is that sometimes there are people inside banks that are doing things they ought not to be doing. That's certainly true. And I guess there, there's, a, there's a whole different, I guess, battle to be fought in terms of internal fraud. Now, the reality is it's getting harder and harder for people inside institutions, you know, to perpetrate bad acts. But clearly, the banks have got to be acutely aware of internal versus external fraud. But there's no question that external fraud dwarfs internal fraud within the vast majority of banks. Well, we're looking at numbers that are still in the, frankly, in the billions every year, are we not? In terms of total fraud costs to the banking sector, absolutely. So how do we actually get that number down? Yes, we we say it's a game of catch-up still. Yes, there are technological solutions coming down the track that's going to make it easier to flag these things up. But there must be a way of reducing that number. So certainly, I I think the, the, the trend... I guess there's two different angles here. There is the number of attempts, which is definitely growing exponentially, as you've indicated. I think the fraud that is now being prevented is growing significantly too. So in terms of the tools that the banks are now increasingly deploying, that is definitely uh, having an impact in terms of reducing and stalling the the scale of fraud hit. And what's Kicker's role in this? So Kicker's role is to help with the onboarding of clients and ongoing monitoring. So we focus exclusively in the non-personal sector. So we will help corporate client onboarding. And the the unique thing that Kicker has created is a global network of registry connections. So increasingly what regulation requires organizations to do is to independently verify the corporate data they're getting from their customers. The most logical place to go for that is the local company register. So in the UK, 
company's house. It's a criminal offence in most countries not to keep your corporate data up to date. So that means you've got up to date or certainly within 14 days of change, uh, up to date information from the local register. But the challenge you have is if you were a UK organisation, you could get all of your information from company's house. But as soon as the ownership structure or ultimate beneficial owners take you outside of the UK, you need other tools to do that. So if you had a UK company that was owned by a Hong Kong holding company, which in turn was owned by individuals in China, then it's a tool such as Kickers that you would require to pull all of that information together to make sure, A, your onboarding is uh, up straight, but more importantly, that you can monitor for changes uh, going forward. Thank you very much, Ian Henderson, Chief Executive of Kicker.